The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. It is our 71st episode, and it is uh, April 24th, a Tuesday, not the usual Sunday. So I'm a little out of it because I worked all day. So did I. I know. We, remember how we used to actually do podcasts on work days? That was wasn't ridiculous. Like, it was Tuesday was our normal day, wasn't it? I think so. That was a bad idea. I'm surprised we lasted so long. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like for me, I was already in the car. <laughs> And I was working from home, so it was a little different. A little yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a different different vibe. Different vibe. May I lodge a complaint? The other thing that's making today a little bit difficult for me. So May I lodge a complaint? I mean, you are free to do so. <laughs> the, only, the other thing that's making today a little difficult for me is that I uh, spent the last week, the well, last five days or so, um, hanging out with my parents, but I drove... You are not about to lodge a complaint about no. being on vacation. No, I am not. I am about to lodge a complaint about coming home from vacation. Okay, that's fine. So I was visiting my dad in New Mexico, and the weather was gorgeous, 75, sunny, breezy, so it wasn't too hot. And I drove home yesterday, which is another reason why I'm kind of tired. Like, I didn't even get up this morning when I was supposed to get up. And... I woke up, or I, you know, I heard it kind of like thundering a little bit last night, and I was like, oh, awesome, we need rain. And I wake up, and I still can hear, like, the water dripping and whatever, and I'm like, okay, good. I don't mind a rainy day. And then I look outside as I'm about to head to my car, just look out the front, and I'm like, is that fucking snow? That's fucking <laughs> snow! And it's You are not allowed to lodge a complaint about snow. It was 90 degrees here over the weekend. You are allowed, not allowed I am to allowed to lodge a complaint, complaint about snow in April 24th. No. Yeah. And the other no. thing... No, the other thing that I'm allowed to lodge a complaint about it because the ground is warm enough that none of it stuck. It just snowed all day and none of it stuck. So you didn't even get the pretty part Why of snow. If the snow didn't stick, what are you mad about? I just want it to be spring. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> Fuck spring. I just want it to be spring. I'm ready for it to be spring. I hate spring, and I hate spring and fall for the same reason, and that is that it is too hot for me to be comfortable to sleep without my air conditioner going literally all the time. And it is too cool for my air conditioner to kick on literally all the time, unless I fucking set it at 60. And since I don't really want my roommate to actually die, I'm not setting it at 60. Uh, So what I do instead is wake up 18 times a night trying to find the cool side of the pillow. See, that happens to me regardless, because our heat is still on because of shit like this, and I live above the boiler. See, no, that's the thing, though. That is the thing, is that I would never have purchased your place because I would have di- I would die. I would die having to deal with a knee- with a with being right on top of a boiler. I would not I would not survive that. Well, in the actual winter, it's pretty great because then it gets down to like the twenties at night, at which point it's perfect in my room. But right now, with the boiler still going, because other people have to deal with the cold weather, I have to. Even if I sleep with my window open, it doesn't do anything. Because it's not cold enough outside. 
Yeah, no, was, when I was there in December, I slept with my my window open literally all the time that I was there. Uh, and that's when it was 20 degrees outside because I was trying to get it to be cool enough in my room for me to comfortably sleep. And that wasn't working. Yeah, no, when it when when it's just when it's 20 degrees out, then then it's fine because I sleep with the window open and it does everything, but whatever. Do you think maybe we should be talking about hockey at some point and not just our gripes about the weather? I like, mean, what do people follow us for anyway? <laughs> <laughs> they really want a 60-minute podcast of just awkward small talk. I'm pretty confident that's what they've signed up for. <laughs> I didn't feel like our small talk was awkward. Wait Ours wasn't. Jeez. But it's always that joke that the weather is what you talk about when you have nothing oh, else to talk no, that's about. True. That's true. Okay, so uh, I would like all of the people who listen to this podcast to at us at Depart Hockey to tell us why you keep coming back to us for these hot takes. I, it, I'm not fishing for compliments. If you if you tweet at us and just say, I'm ready for one of you, waiting all the time for one of you to say something stupid so I can make fun of you, that's fine. I just want to know why you keep coming back. Technically, since we're talking about spring, wouldn't they be lukewarm takes? They would be lukewarm takes. <laughs> okay, you know it's not full of lukewarm takes. Sean Shapiro's recent work on the Athletic. No, that's true. Uh, I I am uh, I don't know if Sean Shapiro listens to this podcast, but if he does, I'm sorry. I don't read all of your work because there's a lot of it. But I did read the one that we we're about to talk about. I read every every word of it. Uh, I do want to. I do want to shout him out. I think Sean Shapiro has done some really excellent work recently. Um, I particularly, dude, he's done some good shit. I particularly like his like film room uh, articles that he does. Yeah, read. yep. I've read quite a few of those. They're really good. Um, but the most recent one, or the one that we're, I guess it's not the most recent one because he does write like every day. Um, articles a day, every single day, and they're all great. Except some of them are excellent. <laughs> Uh, so the one we're talking about, though, and much has been made, um, I think for some context, a lot has been made of the, not really decision to look for a new coach, but it was definitely discussed after the Stars failed out of the playoffs that potentially Jim Nill could be losing his job. Uh-huh. And one of the major arguments for that, and um, both you and I have uh, talked about this before, is that he's done a pretty poor job drafting. So that's kind of the going mythos. And what Sean did was like, okay, well, I'm a journalist. Let's see if this is actually true. Uh-huh. <laughs> Has he done a poor job drafting? And um, so what he did, and I thought this was a really excellent way of putting the article together, is he took every single draft since, I think it was prior to Nils, like I think 2011 or something like that? Uh, or was well, it just he, Jim Nils? He, no, it was not just Jim Nils, I don't yeah. think. Um, he did... I think it was what since 2013, do? since the lockout, which was right before Jim Nils. Or was it? With- he did. He did the. He did twenty two thousand eight to twenty sixteen. There you go. So he took every single draft since then, and um, he broke it down all the first round picks and the second round picks. And what he did was he looked at who they should have drafted with going knowledge well, at the time. Okay, sorry. So what he did, what he did was from two thousand the, the two thousand eight to two thousand sixteen was where he was looking at the overall NHL and how they performed and like how many how many 
games each pick played like and like who had what teams picked the the team like the the person that pay, played the most games out of the first round and the second mm-hmm. round but when he was actually like looking at the picks and saying this is who they picked this is who they should have picked this is who they did pick whatever that was that was 2013 to 2016 okay yeah um, sorry I, I wasn't really sure exactly where we were going with this okay so uh while i found the numbers interesting i definitely thought that the the actual like looking I at the draft the numbers fascinating if only because there was the here that the New York Rangers had zero picks between 2013 and 2016. Four drafts, zero first round picks because they had traded all of them away for bupkis. There's a reason to say there isn't their GM anymore. He oh got, my god. He got promoted out of harm's way. He needed to be. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. But anyway, so he took, so from 2013 on, he took a look at every single pick that was done in the first and second rounds and went with conventional wisdom at the time who they should have drafted, um, as well as in hindsight, 2020, who they would have, should have drafted. Because there were definitely situations where like hindsight is great and versus conventional wisdom, right? Um, And even doing it in both of those perspectives especially when looking at conventional wisdom at the time, Dallas doesn't come out looking great. Like Nils picks have not been great. And obviously there are definitely some um, from the more recent drafts that could still turn out pretty well. Um, Riley Tufty um, has been doing really well on the NH- uh, NCAA circuit, um, minor injury prone, a little bit injuries, trouble there, but also he's been doing pretty well on the developmental path that they knew he was going on. But at the same time, he's no Alex DeBrincat. No. No, uh, the funny, not funny, the, uh, I've just been looking through this, and so far, out of every one of these picks, there have been only three where, with 2020 hindsight, no, 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 sorry, what, what, only three where, in the moment, um, Shapiro agreed that Nil should have drafted that person. hmm So, um, just to bring it in. Andrew L.A. asks, can you respond to Sean's article about the Dallas's picks in the first two rounds? Is he entirely correct, mostly correct, mostly wrong? And also, name a player from a minor hockey country you'd like the Stars to acquire. Not U.S., Canada, Russia, Sweden, or Finland. So, uh, I would would never say that Sean Shapiro is mostly wrong about fucking anything, probably. (laughs) Uh, so I would say he's probably mostly, I, I would say he's mostly correct in this. I mean, uh, he, I don't want to, he's behind a paywall and it's not like I want to read you the entire article or anything, but he gives you all of his reasoning, shows you all of his work. And I don't see anything there that I would argue with on any particular mm-hmm. point. Um, I, I really, I mean, he, he did his homework and he spent a lot of time on this and you can tell. And I, I agree with most everything he said. Yeah, I, w- I would go so far as to say he's a pretty he's entirely correct about what he's written there. I definitely agree. Like, um, and I think and what's so it's interesting to me. So I'm Chris and I, uh, Chris uh, on Twitter, Yolo Pinato, uh, and I are, are about to start our GM draft rankings or not draft rankings, but our GM rankings for 2018. And drafting is obviously a major component of what goes into making a good GM and. 
last year I was pretty bullish on Nil, and I was like, but all of these guys are going to play in the NHL, especially because I thought like Dickinson and Smith and Ellie would be impact players this year. <laughs> I mean, Smith tried. <laughs> well, anyway, tried, so, tried hard. I really thought that was going to happen, and obviously it didn't. Yeah. And now looking at the rookie class that we had this year, because the Calder came out, and there were several people who were rightfully several teams, fan bases, I should say, who were rightfully like, what the hell? I can't believe our guy didn't make the final three. But there were like eight rookies who probably had a really good case this year. It wasn't like a lot of other years. Like um, Charlie McAvoy didn't make the final three. And I think you could make a really, really strong case that he should have been there. But you also Uh can't make a strong case that Clayton Keller and Brock Bozer and uh, Matt Barzell don't deserve to be there. Right. Right? Like, all three of those are really good picks. But also, McAvoy was a great pick. Uh, Nico Hishier also would have been a great pick. Like, I mean, I think you could... There are at least five names that you could be like, yeah, that's a guy, top three candidate. And until you go all the way back to Klingberg, you can't make that case for any Dallas Stars rookies. Right. And so I think there is for sure... I think I'm going to have to eat a little bit of, like, do definitely do a little bit more, like, be a little bit more bold, like, uh, what do they call that? Bearish on Nils drafting. And it's going to hurt him this year. It's going to hurt him in in his uh, draft, his GM rankings. Like, I think he came in fourth last year. And he still makes really good trades, but there are definitely other things that you can be like, what the fuck did you, what are you thinking, Jim? What are you thinking? Yeah... I'm curious to see who he's going to get as a coach, though. I I feel like a lot of how I feel about Jim Nill right now is really going to be predicated on this decision that he's going to make. Yeah, I think so. Uh, can you yes. name a player from a minor hockey country you'd like the Stars to acquire? So when we say minor hockey country, do we mean like a prospect in the draft or do we mean a player who's playing right now? I'm going to say, because neither you nor I know the prospects particularly well, just Although I did it. just look them up before before we started recording. Well, if you have a prospect, hit me I do, it. actually. Hit me uh, his name is Philip Zadina. He is from the Czech Republic. He is a right wing. His birthday is 1999. Oh, God. I know. But uh, he led all rookies in the QMJHL uh, for scoring and tied for seventh in the entire league, not including the rookies. Uh, and so I was just like, you know what? If we lose yourself this year or any other right wing, I think it would be great to have some depth scoring. So, sure. Yeah. I think that is an excellent pick. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know anything about him other than the fact that I just Googled top European prospect. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I 100% did. Are you joking me right now? Of course I did. Um, so, what did you think I wouldn't be doing that? That's silly. My uh, pick for not 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 a uh, prospect would be getting Alashemsky back because I want his baby. <laughs> but you don't mean that in an actual "I want to have his baby" thing. You want no, his actual no, baby? I want the actual baby that his wife had today. I just want her. I just want them back. I mean, I'm pretty sure that she still runs her business out of Dallas. So I just want them back in Dallas. Yeah. 
I, uh, if I had to pick, because I don't actually know anybody particularly, like, I'm not going to go with the Czech Republic, because you've taken the both very good picks from the Czech Republic. Um, I would pick... The, the Hobbit from Norway. No! Oh, that's a good one. I love him, and obviously I would have him on my team. But I was going to pick, because uh, this is one of my absolute favorite players who will probably never make the NHL, um, Elvis Merzlikens? Such a great name. Yeah, so first and foremost, his name is Elvis. He is a prospect for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but in that, he's never going to make the NHL, probably. Um, and he's a goalie, and you may remember him as the Latvian goalie that almost stoned oh, Canada. Oh, I do remember him! Wow, that's a great pick. So I wouldn't mind having him in our prospect system, especially like in the AHL or given him some love somewhere but yeah mostly i want him because his name is elvis and he did that thing that one time yeah i know yeah that thing that one time was pretty good i mean it's better than any stars goalie has performed in the last how long have the stars been around 25 well, years i mean i think you can argue that they did okay in 99 i mean yeah but were they that wildly outplayed in 99 no because they won <laughs> <laughs> speaking of latvia we could also get Zemgus Gergensen so just so we could uh, sing that song. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> um, all right. Awkward transition to new topic. So. <laughs> you are sometimes so smooth about that and sometimes so shitty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have not. what you're going to be. Listen, I've not had a lot of sleep, and I've definitely had a glass of rosé on a semi-empty stomach, because all I ate for dinner was some spinach dip. Uh, all you ate for dinner so far. That is true. I have a hunk of cheese warming up on the counter, so it's going to get all nice and flavorful. I just ate potatoes and sausage with an egg and some cheese. That sounds a lot more filling than spinach dip. This wasn't even good spinach dip. So delicious. Okay, anyway, new topic. Uh, so, obviously, the biggest thing that has happened, basically, like, the day we release our goddamn podcast. Oh my God, seriously. Seriously. Um, it's like they don't consult us. <laughs> it's like they don't care about what we think of the team at all. God, or our needs and giving our thoughts to the people. There are strangers on the internet that want to know what I think. <laughs> Isn't that the weirdest thing? Right? That's what I'm saying. You need to tell us what makes you keep coming back. So, we're looking for a new head coach. <laughs> oh, glorious day. <laughs> it was another situation where I got, like, 18 people adding me about it. <laughs> so many people. So many people. And and what's really interesting about this one is that it was right after Elaine Vigneault had been fired, and we had been talking about that, so, like, our first immediate reaction was... Not Elaine! But literally, like a couple hours later, Jim Neal spoke to the media and he had some really interesting things to say, notably that they were looking at pretty much all options. And Which, yeah, definitely here for it. Do you want to read some of the quotes? Yeah, I can. Um, so this isn't a quote, but Neil, uh, this is from um, a Heike article on Dallas Morning News. Uh, but Neil said last week he wants to study every level of coaching experience and reiterated 
and reiterated that he will cast a wide net in interviewing candidates and that those candidates need not have previous NHL coaching experience. That means he could look at coaches from the AHL, from colleges, and from the ranks of NHL assistants. And Neil did actually say, some of the people we would like to talk to are still in the playoffs, so we'll have to be patient there. And one of the main candidates that's mentioned here in this article and is mentioned um, by an article in Sh- by Shapiro and then mentioned just a lot on Twitter by various Stars fans as well, it's uh, Toronto Marley's coach, Sheldon Keefe. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as University of Denver coach Jim Montgomery, who interviewed or was, I don't know if he interviewed or was offered an interview for the Florida Panthers job last year. Yeah, I've seen, uh, and I've also seen Todd Nelson's name thrown around, um, Mm -hmm. although I'm not sure, because Nil has seemed like he's really looking outside the NHL, which is great, and Todd Nelson did coach the Oilers for a disastrous season, so. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, where have I heard that name before? (gasps) Oh. Was pretty much exactly how it went. Who's the other one? The guy that has the checkered past. We wrote about this on Defending Big D, and now I don't remember who it was. Do you like how I described him? <laughs> the checkered past. <laughs> it felt very, like, 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> Sports drama. I just remember, like, there was, um, some... Oh, no, it was Sheldon Keefe. Oh, was he the guy with the checkered past? Yeah! Do you not know his story? No, apparently not. Okay, hang on. Let me look this up. Because I don't want to... Okay. Oh, actually, that's so funny. Um, so Derek Neumeyer, Neumeyer wrote about this for um, Defending Big D. And this section where he talks about it is actually called The Checkered Past. <laughs> so... Um, this is like you can you guys can go find this if you want to, but he was one of the Brampton boys in the uh, OHL. This is back when he was in the OHL. He was a member of a group of four players known as the Brampton Boys, named after the Ontario city where they all grew up. Uh, they were notorious in the OHL and beyond, both for their violent and unsportsmanlike play on the ice and a constant series of scandals off it. <clears throat> all of the scandals in one way or another tied back to a man named David Frost, who was the agent for the four players and had been for years. So basically, um, he, David Frost was a grown man um, who was uh, basically had these four players that he tried to keep together wherever they went in the OHL uh, and encouraged heavy partying, um, extreme hazing, physical abuse, and apparently sexual exploitation involving teenagers. Um and uh, most of the uh, well, it, the incidents were said to have occurred in hotel rooms and cottages and shit paid for by Frost. Um, and um, so the full details um, were never actually like unearthed, and I don't know. I don't think charges are ever brought against the Brampton boys themselves. Um, but Frost was charged with sexual exploitation in 2006, but wasn't convicted. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Keith specifically was never implicated in any of the crimes, but he was part of the, you know, like part of the Brampton boys, what part of the, like the players who were super violent and all that kind of shit. So mm-hmm. 
there's there is that aspect of him but he was also a young teen being influenced by an older dude you know like yeah so it's kind of it's very skeevy it, there's no part about this that isn't skeevy. And if you guys want the full story, um, Josh Lyle, who used to be the Defending Big D managing editor, has a new site, Mooderati, which I just like saying that out loud. You're welcome. Yeah. Has a new site where he, and he wrote a, an article that kind of went into greater detail and, and had a lot of links about the about the information and history. And then there's, like I said, this article on Defending Big D where um, Derek also talks about it. So, uh, if you guys want more information about that, I suggest further reading because I am just giving you, like, the barest bare bones of the story. But, um, I mean, from everything that has been seen since then, he seems to have undergone a lot of self-reflection, personal growth, all that shit. He's obviously not, you know, a teenager being influenced by an older man anymore. He's 37 years old. Which again, like young younger dude could potentially do some good in Dallas, like mm-hmm. new ideas and all that shit. So, you know, um, I think that he could be an interesting choice too. So, yeah, I think I think this is one of those situations, especially since he was never implicated in any of the cr- criminal parts right. of it, where I'd be totally willing to give him a shot, and it wouldn't be like some of these other people who are it's like I would totally like leave the stars like it wouldn't be like an Evander Kane coming to the stars right right no um that said it would be something that I'd be very wary of and like yep kind of on the lookout for absolutely yeah absolutely (laughs) and so it's like it's like you don't get a three strikes if that's already happened in your past right no Uh, I completely agree yeah so I think, but I mean, I he's done really, really well with the Marleys. Like, mm-hmm. really well. Right. Um, they're one of the best coach teams in the AHL right now. And, I mean, and they have a lot of young talent. A lot of young talent. So it is definitely, if that's something that the Stars are concerned about, his development, he could be a really good fit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and I know for a fact, actually, um, Nick Mercadante, who is a giant Rangers fan, really wants him for uh, the Rangers. <laughs> and he tends to have a pretty good handle on talent and a pretty good handle on character. So uh, I, I kind he's of... I've claimed him. <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely one of those situations where I kind of hope that we get him first. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess so that we're already kind of asking. So a couple people actually asked about this. I'm a little bit surprised that, like, not everybody's asked about this. But um, Julia asks, if you were Jim Nill, who would you hire as a coach and what trades would you make? And then uh, Andrew Lefebvre asks, why should I be optimistic? And I am sorry, Andrew. I am 99% sure I am pronouncing your name wrong. Could you give us a pronunciation guide? Yeah, like phonetic. Yeah. Uh, Friend of the podcast, Andrew February. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it looks like February in French. Um, the February. Andrew the I'll February. take your word for it because I've never in my life studied French. <laughs> uh, why should I can I barely do- say the word orders. Well, you do better than some others. Um, he asks, why should I be optimistic that stars slash nil will hire a coach that will help them out of the hellscape they are currently in? To be honest, you shouldn't. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. I'm a little optimistic. No, I am am too. 
but also, I mean, yes, but no, but yes, but I just, I don't, I don't, again, want to get my fucking hopes up just to have them dashed yet again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic at the same time that I brutally beat it down with pragmatism at every turn. I think my thing is that I have to be optimistic, otherwise I'm not going to be a fan. Oh, see, I'm not in danger of not being a fan. Well, I mean, I mean, it's almost one of those things where it's like, I'm almost not in danger, I'm almost in danger of not being a hockey fan. And the thing that keeps dragging me back is the stars and the shit they do, like that fucking mooderist video which was so good hysterical it was so good um and i'll link that if you guys haven't seen it because they put it up a couple days ago if you haven't seen it i'm disappointed in you what are you doing with your life so good um because they were doing like the 25 best moments in stars history and god it was hysterical they made this video also anyway things like that keep pulling me back in and i did actually enjoy a couple games the playoffs i saw um one of the first uh nashville abs games i saw one of the first um uh was boston boston uh toronto games boston fucking clean their clock um that was a little it was weird i was sitting next to a toronto fan who made no noise no i was at the bar and he made like no noise like I mean, that kind of tracks with everything that I've ever heard about, like, what it's like to actually be in that arena. <laughs> I'm not, so what I'm saying is I'm not really surprised. But yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I I have just watched so little hockey recently because I feel like, I don't know, my attention is so elsewhere. And so I need that emotional connection to keep pulling me back in. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I think, I think for me, the optimism is kind of, it's almost forced in that, like, I need some joy in my hockey fandom. I need some joy. Gotcha. But as far as other coaches, I think Keefe is a really, really strong runner. Yeah, I like him. I mean, I, think, I like the idea. Yeah. I think Montgomery is also probably a pretty strong, um, candidate as well. Sean Shapiro mentioned, um... Quinn, and I think his first name is David, but he coaches for Boston University right now. Let's be real, though. Let's be real. On this podcast here tonight, Julia, friend of the podcast, Julia, if you've been listening, you know who my number one choice for head coach is, though. (laughs) And I've been saying it since last summer, and I will say it until I die. Probably. Maren, who would that be? Ralph Kruger! <laughs> Bring back Ralph! Uh, I don't think we're going to go into what trades that we would make because I think that's too wide of a question. And we have other things to talk about that are also happy. Like Texas is in the playoffs. Yeah! Two Texas. Well, but not like, Dallas. Like- one Texas team and then one baby Texas team that is not in Texas, but is instead in Idaho, a state I have never been to. So Sinbin, Idaho, which asks, talk about the Texas stars and steelheads, which is not actually a question, but more of a request. But sure, we sure. will do that. D- does Sinbin, Idaho work for a- the Idaho team? I think maybe. Maybe. Now I'm looking up. I think they might cover them. He covers. 
covering the ECHL Steelheads, affiliate of the Dallas Stars and Texas Stars, for the Sinbin. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I actually, I have, I first of all, I apologize profusely. I did not know that the Steelheads were in the playoffs until the other day when, like, Steelheads news was tweeted across my dash. Oh, so this is the one thing I actually do know about the Idaho Steelheads, is they have the longest active playoff streak in any sport. Oh, damn, that's awesome. Good job. Yeah, they've made the playoffs for like the last 30-something years. Well, did you know that they forced game six in Boise with another come-from-behind win? I did not. Did you know that Boise is the capital and most populous city of the U.S. state of Idaho and is currently the county seat of Ada County. Did you just Google Boise? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Oh, my God. So they're actually playing right now as we record this, and I wonder if I can figure out what the score is right now. Let's look this up. The only other thing I know about Boise is that the Boise State has a blue football field really yeah so because you know how most football fields have astroturf but it's almost always green they're like nah fuck that our colors are blue and orange we're gonna have blue astroturf since it's not real anyway that's uh that's a that's an option yeah oh wait okay so i neglected to remember that boise was very far behind us it's only been like what eight eight a minute into the game and uh it's still zero zero (laughs) But if you guys want to keep up on that Steelheads action, you can follow Sinbin Steelheads. Uh, it's at, at Sinbin Idaho is his uh, his username on Twitter. They're currently playing the Allen Americans. Jordy Ben's old team. Yeah. Sharks affiliate, if I remember correctly. Sure. The other thing I know about the Steelheads. Yeah, the Sharks affiliate. You do remember correctly. The other thing I know about... Uh, the Steelheads is that the Dallas Stars will be doing their training camp there this summer. Yes, and I'm actually really mad about this. Uh, I'm so mad about this because it is in Idaho and I can't go to Idaho. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's fine. Um, So the Texas Stars, if I remember correctly, they're in the playoffs. They are playing the Ontario Reign, which are the um, affiliate for that team we hate. R-A-I-N or R-E-I-G-N. G-N. Because they are the uh, affiliate for the Kings. Gross. Did you know that they uh, won in double overtime? <laughs> I did. Um, did you know they play tonight at 7 p- Pacific? Oh, 7 Pacific. Okay, so they're not playing yet. No, it would be one hour for me. Yeah, no, they've got another... Um, but if I remember correctly, the series is tied 1-1. Um, Which I might be wrong about that. You are. Maybe it was 1-1 before the last game. I just know there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I can't tell. What oh, it was that overtime gave them a 2-1 series lead. So it was 1-1 going into that game. Yes, okay, yeah. It's best of five and they're 2-1 right now. Mm-hmm. So good job. Um, and... You know, we're going to just keep keep hoping out, hoping that they keep doing well, because really happy for our Texas Stars. Texas Stars are a large part of what got me into hockey, so I really yep. love those guys. Cool. 
The Oklahoma City Barons were what got me into hockey. That and my best friend who lives in Michigan. Yeah. I mean, just having them so close, though, was to such a good... And it was so, so important to me as a hockey fan. Like, my nascent as a hockey fan is, like, I could actually go see. And live hockey is so much better. Oh, yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why yeah. I went to see them is because of the Oklahoma City Barons. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, yeah. Texas in the playoffs. Yay. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Idaho Sinbin or Sinbin Idaho or Toronto. so. I'm such a happy person sometimes. I do have a happy thing. My happy thing is Keelan Moxley and how fucking awesome her name is. One and number two, what a cool kid she is. So who is Keelan Moxley and why should we care? Moxley is the six-year-old child who was standing at the glass at warm-ups during one of the Caps games uh, in the first round. I cannot remember which number it was. Um, But she was standing next to the glass, and there were two little boys on either side of her and a dude behind her, and Brett Connolly was trying to throw her a puck. And the guy that was standing behind her caught it and handed it to the older of the two boys. Brett Connolly tried to throw her another puck. Man behind her caught it again, handed it to the other of the two boys. Uh, Brett Connolly banged the glass, threw her a third puck, and finally, finally, that fucking dude behind her caught it and gave it to her. And so that video, like, the... Who, who, whatever channel that was on that they stuck with her and that whole thing and they showed the whole thing and the announcers were talking about well that's a really smart dad trying to get pucks for his like three kids but it actually came out later that she was not related to either of those boys that was not her father and uh, Brett Connolly was just trying to get her a puck so um yeah the cool thing about it is that she finally got her puck she was so freaking excited and um Brett Connolly um his wife reached out to the mom on Facebook and um, asked her, you know, said, hey, when Brett gets back from Columbus, we want to send you guys some some stuff, you know, just memorabilia or whatever. And then the owner of the Caps reached out to them and offered them glass seats uh, because they were actually sitting up in the rafters. They were just down next to the the glass for warm-ups. Offered them glass seats for game five, which they went to. And she got to meet Brett Connolly afterwards. It was so cute um and so like she just had a really great time and it was just so cute but it was also like in that moment it was like every female fan knows what that fucking feels like to be overlooked because you're a girl and like there are two boys around you who are somehow more deserving you know what I mean and it was just so nice that like people like actually picked her out and said you know like this girl this girl is cool. She knew everybody's name. She deserved a little bit more. Like, it was just, it was awesome. I just was so happy about her. So, yeah, that was a happy thing. Yeah, that's a great happy thing. My happy thing is pretty obvious. Uh, I was on vacation with my family, and uh, my little sister and my dad are, like, two of my favorite people in the entire world. So, that was pretty fucking awesome. And we are also in New Mexico, and I got to eat real Mexican food again. <laughs> and I got to eat so much green chili. And we went to we went to this place called Sparky's. And I know you've been in New Mexico. So may, have you been there in Hatch? Uh, no, I haven't been to Hatch. Okay. So this is in Hatch, New Mexico, where the Hatch chilies come from. And it's the place that is the original green chili cheeseburger. 
Oh. Oh my God. Honestly, like green chili aside, that was one of the best hamburgers I've ever had in my life. Like it was a really fucking good hamburger. And so that was amazing. Um, we went to I'm White Sands to National me. Monument. Dude, did you see my tech, my my tweet about, or whatever, I think I commented on something. Like, did you guys go to Waco Tanks or City of Rocks No, too? we didn't get to do that. Ugh. Waco Tanks is one of my favorite places to go in New Mexico. And it's like literally just a bunch of mountainy rock, but it's so much fun to hike on. Cool. Well, I will have to do that next time because my dad yeah. still lives there. And so, yeah, I mean, I just had a fantastic vacation with two of my favorite people. And what makes it most fun is, like, my dad and I and my sister all have the same exact sense of humor. Like, the exact sense of humor. Where, and I think I've talked about this before on this podcast, and I've definitely written about it before. I think, like, we all are like, okay, how far can we take this joke? Like, let's take this joke and make it more absurd and more absurd and more absurd. And my dad has a new girlfriend. And she is so sweet and so nice. And she was just like, well, this explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here I am. Here I am. Surrounded by Wilkies. (laughs) It's exactly what she was like. She was like, I was not sure I'd survive this, but you know, we're doing okay. (laughs) Bless your heart. Do you survive this? I don't know. <laughs> so that's my happy thing. Very obvious happy thing, but pretty much one of the happiest things. Listen, nobody said that the happy thing had to be like a surprise out of left field. It's fine. You can you can have an obvious happy thing. Oh, okay. Well, and here's my, but I will say I did have a surprise out of left field that I wanted to tell everybody about. I actually texted you while it was happening. But so obviously I drove down and back because it's basically the same amount of time as flying. That was me pouring the end of my rosé, if you could hear that, so I don't sound. I did, um, <laughs> And uh, on the way back, it's a nine-hour drive, so I always stop for lunch. And I was getting really close to this one town called Las Vegas in New Mexico. And I thought I'd taken the correct exit for Las Vegas, but I couldn't see any, like, McDonald's around or anything like that. And so I was like, whatever, I'll just stop at a restaurant. It's fine. I've got extra time. No one's waiting for me in Denver. So I pull up at this restaurant called the Smiling Faces Restaurant. Oh, yes! <laughs> and I'm like, obviously I have to eat here. Yes, you did. <laughs> obviously. And so I thought it was going to be like an emoji-themed restaurant because it had all these like big smiley faces on the sign. Literally. Although, honestly, I feel like an emoji-themed restaurant would have been more terrifying somehow. Yeah. So, but anyway, I was, I was, I was in for the ride. I was in for the ride. And I walk in, and, like, it's got, like, a screened-in porch, which looked really normal decor or whatever. And it was obviously kind of a super local place, like, kind of run down. And I go into the door door, and there are, like, five crosses on the wall. And I'm like, okay, this is New Mexico, a lot of Catholics, it's fine. And the lady's like, oh, yeah, just go sit in the dining room wherever, open seating. So I walk into the dining room, and there are, like... 18 statues of angels everywhere. <laughs> There's like sayings, psalms and shit on the walls in cross stitch. This restaurant I can only describe as god themed. It was a god themed restaurant. <laughs> Did you feel Jesus up here in his denny's? Basically, because I did get a Navajo taco and that shit was baller. I told you, Jesus, bless your food. 
It was so good. It was like it was like all your typical like taco fixins on Navajo fry bread, which if you haven't had it, is pretty fucking tasty. It is very tasty. Topped with more New Mexico green chili. Which anyway. I mean, how can that go wrong? That reminds me of this. Um, my my best friend from Michigan lived with me when I lived in Oklahoma City, and there was this restaurant, and I cannot remember the name of it, but I wouldn't say it even if I did because I don't want to either encourage people to go there or whatever they had the best burgers and they had tater tots instead of fries which like never fucking happens and i love tater tots and uh we used to go there not very regularly but semi-regularly because we felt called by the burger but when we like that restaurant was wallpapered with right-wing propaganda like but it was it was not like posters or whatever like this person had printed out quotes from like every republican president and every great republican thinker and like i use the word great not uh, ironically um and like everything but and they were all put in those like page protectors that you see in binders oh my god yeah and then like tacked onto the wall and there were so many of them and I feel like the first couple of times we went there we weren't actually reading them or like really understanding what was going on but like by the third time we were like looking at them and looking at each other and looking at them and looking at each other like oh oh we've made some poor choices that have led us here do you think they saw what chick-fil-a was doing and was like nah fuck that i can do better uh i mean i think it was just that it was oklahoma and it was the only state to go entirely red in the 2008 election uh i think i I think that's what it was fair enough yeah i think i think it was just like the most backward state in the entire country you think you found it but you didn't it's oklahoma (laughs) so unless your answer is oklahoma you're automatically wrong Okay, okay, we gotta move on, because we're almost at, like, an hour already. Shit, alright, let's move on. Uh, Tanner Wilson, reader questions. Tanner Wilson would like us to be sure to wish, wish Coppell's Magic Hat 9 a major congrats. That is Austin B. Smith. Uh, he won the, they won the EBL championship on Friday with H.C. Bolzano. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying any of that correct. Uh, first Texan to win a pro hockey title in Europe. Good job! That's awesome, Adam B. Smith. Well done. Also, don't forget that the Lone Star Brahmas versus Shreveport Mudbug... Mudbugs? Mudbugs? The Shreveport Mudbugs? Like, honestly, I'm sorry, Lone Star Brahmas. I love Texas hockey, but uh, Shreveport's got my vote. I just found a new favorite hockey team. They are the North American Hockey League uh, South Division Final Series. So that's happening. Good luck, Mudbugs. Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Brahmas, but good luck, Mudbugs! I'm gonna <laughs> buy your jersey, maybe. I don't know. That's hilarious. I just, You should go look at this! It's a, amazing! It's a fucking, like, crawfish! And it Everybody's... just says Mudbugs! <gasps> no, that's so good! And I told purple. you! It's purple! Honestly, honestly, if one of these freaking jerseys is cheap, I'm buying it right now. Fuck yes. That's so good. We're here for you, Mudbugs. Do your thing. 
I am I am all the way here for you. This is amazing. Don't be sad that uh, the swamp rabbits are gone. Embrace the mud bugs. Embrace the mud bugs. Okay, yes. We're sure. all mud bugs. <laughs> we are mud bugs. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shanny's Land, or as they are known here on the podcast, Shanny Island asks, um, on a scale of meh to the fire of one billion suns, how mad will you be if Nil signs that disgusting POS Voinov? Um, do you want to ask all of them or do you want to? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and ask all of them. Uh, number two, why does everything one think Val will be back next season? And why do they believe he should play first line when he's been mediocre at best in the last talented league? And three, oh, sorry, thought of another question. Isn't one of the stars diabetic? Um, so for number one, uh, super fucking mad. I'd be super fucking mad. Now that said, the stars were not one of the five rumored teams to have reached out to him. So I feel... Not only were the stars... About that one, actually. Not only were the stars not one of the ones to reach out to him, but like somebody who is an actual facts lawyer who I retweeted earlier pointed out that California had ICE had already begun deportation proceedings on Voinov. Mm-hmm. So it is incredibly unlikely that he would even be able to re-enter the United States to play and mm-hmm. that signing him would be pointless. Mm-hmm. So um, um I don't don't know that it actually matters. Yeah. I mean there's that and I, I think but I think people are even reaching out, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think though, like I said, uh not only do the stars not need a defenseman. Right. Um, especially with Miro Heiskanen probably coming over to play for them next year. But stars aren't even in this rumor mill. So I, I do... I'm not saying that the stars are... I'm not going to throw any stones because fuck knows. Every NHL team is a glass house. Right. But at this very moment, I feel okay <laughs> about right. this one thing. <laughs> My little bit of optimism is trying to keep on growing. That's fine. <laughs> My little tiny sprout. <laughs> That's perfect. So number two, uh, everyone thinks Val will come back next season because it is likely he actually will come back next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where he will slot in, but I mean, he was playing top line minutes with Jamie and Tyler and having some success there his first year. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know where he would slot in, especially with Radulov here now and that that line being so amazing. I yeah. think that also depends on who he'd get as a coach because I mean, I know we saw a lot of Brett Ritchie, who one could argue is very similar to Valerie Nichushkin in both play style and usefulness on the top line. Yes. Yeah, no, obviously some will depend on the coach, but I I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't believe that he would slide in on the first line, but I also do believe he will be back in the NHL next year, and I think it will be a little star. And Uh, I think think especially since we have a little bit of like, we don't know what's going to happen with Roussel, there's a couple... We don't know what's going to happen with the second line center that could kick somebody up in the second line center spot. Right. Um, we, so I think, I think even though he's you and I and and most people would not put him on the first line, I think there will be spots for him in the middle six slash bottom six yeah. that he could do pretty okay in. Yes. Uh, and as far as the one of the stars being diabetic, Riley Tufty is a type one diabetic. I did not know that. Yeah. Good job, Riley Tufty. That shit's hard. That is that shit is hard. I it doesn't say I haven't seen what he uses, but um, Toby Peterson, uh, who played with the Stars back in the nineties, also uh, was a type one diabetic. 
Um, I would imagine he uses an p- insulin pump. That's probably pretty, that's yeah. what, um, Max Domi uses. Yeah, and I, think I would that's... imagine he does too. I just I'd like no, nope, it doesn't say anywhere, so I didn't yeah. want to say it. Like he definitely I mean, uses it, a pump. It sounds like I mean, maybe it's just because I haven't read a whole lot of Riley Tufty interviews. But I mean, it's also one of those things he probably just doesn't even think about anymore. <laughs> probably so. I would imagine <laughs> that is the case. But yeah, that's great. Great that Riley Tufty's uh, pursuing his dreams. Yeah. Um, my stepmom is a type one diabetic, so I've definitely seen the shit that happens if you don't manage that disease very, yeah, extremely closely. Even when you manage it very closely, it was actually that was one of the main things that actually we talked about this weekend. Like, so my little, she's my little sister's mom, um, and so we were just talking about like my little sister has known how to call, like, known exactly what to do when somebody goes low since she was like five. <laughs> it's like there is a time when she like had to have her mom pull over on the side of the road because her mom went low and was like climbed out of her car seat and started feeding her Pez <laughs> so that she could get her blood sugar back up and running because um, that was mid 90s and it's not like we had insulin pumps at that time yeah I don't know it's a it, diabetes is one of those diseases that's like uh, I respect a lot of the research that goes on because there's not enough of it, and the advancements that have been made have made such a huge difference to people's lives. Such a huge difference. So, big fan of diabetes research. Faux show. Sure. I think you're up next. Yeah, Julia, you work at a cat shelter, and each of the stars comes in looking for a cat. What type of cat do you lead them to first? As much detail as possible. Uh, I think Jamie Ben's diabetic cat needs a helper cat. <laughs> So it's so an animal assistant that could take on planes. Like you but, have to pay for the sheet for Charlie, but you don't have to pay for the seat for the helper cat. Uh, the helper cat. And I believe that the helper cat should be a main coon because it needs to be a big burly cat capable of helping out the other cat. That definitely needs to be a fluffy, fluffy cat for sure. Fluffy. Um, fluffy cat. I think Alexander Radulov would have a Siamese. And I think they would just talk to each other all day. Yeah, but he needs to have two Siamese because those cats are persnickety and they need friends. Yeah, but they don't want friends. They like other Siamese, though. <laughs> I mean, yes, but no. They're very much like a... Given that Maddie is like half Siamese, <laughs> she's very much like a... Fine. You can be in my space. <laughs> And it's like, but she actually likes it. <laughs> but she pretends that she hates it. <laughs> I am leaning uh, fairy prince um, John Klingberg to um, what is probably on the scale of a feral cat, because he would be the only one that could bewitch him into acting nicely. Ooh, like a Bengal? Mm-hmm. Yes, or an actual fucking mountain lion that they have in the shelter for some reason. One of the two. <laughs> I'm, I'm really unspecific. I mean, it is Dallas. It could be a bobcat. Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. Like a baby one that nobody knows. Like It's like when people take coyotes. Don't know it's, bobcat, yeah. <laughs> it's like half bobcat and half house cat. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> they just think it's like a stray, stray cat. They're like, it's a full grown cat. No, that was a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> I just think. Who would have the hairless cat, the Sphinx? Oh, God. Kari Lennon would have a hairless cat. Oh, God. Kari Lennon would have a hairless cat. That's a great answer. You're welcome. You're welcome. 
What kind of cat would giant puppy Devin Shore have? Oh, God. He'd probably have the, um, like, the Thomas O'Malley house, like, alley cat. He would find the one that had, like, the notched ear and, like, kind of the, you know, like, the scar across his nose and all that. Like, that would be the one that Devin Shore would go for. I like it. I like it. Do you think he would sing, sing to his cats? Fuck yeah, of course he would. Do you think he knows the Aristocats song? If he doesn't, I am going to go up there and teach it to him. Because <laughs> I know it. Who, who of the Dallas Stars do you think knows the Aristocats song? Uh, Jamie Benn. I would also go Jason Spezza. I have a strong, strong feel. I don't think Jason Spezza has kids. But I think Jamie Benn just knows it because Jamie Benn knows it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not discounting that Jason Spezza knows it too. I'm sure they probably sing it together. Ja- Jamie Ben, secret Disney nerd, is I think something I could really get behind. I, I am, yeah, I think it's a thing. What do you think Jamie Ben's favorite Disney movie is? <sighs> Are we going like Pixar or like classic animated? No, classic animated, no Pixar. Classic animated, no Pixar. I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm Hercules. Oh, ooh, yes. It's it's the right time frame for him when he was a young kid. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm saying Hercules. No, that's a strong, strong pick. Strong pick. I'm going to say Little Mermaid because he is so soft on the inside. He is incredibly soft on the inside. <laughs> Like a marshmallow. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, David Sweet Boy, Jamie Ben fan account, I assume. Um, <laughs> David Sweet Boy asks, number one, how are your brackets doing? Number two, Hollywood is making a movie about the Dallas Stars. Who do you cast? Okay, so my I just looked this up when I saw this question. In our secret Tooted and Booterous League, uh, I am number three. Well, it's not secret now. You can you can bleep that out. I am number <laughs> three, tied with Josh and uh, Jason, and you are number one. Woo! I don't know. Who's the, no, no, sorry, you're number two. Who's the best bracket? That's probably Holly, isn't it? No, Holly's last. Oh. <laughs> Did oh, Robert Pat do one? one? Oh, it's, yeah, it's either Robert or Pat. That's the only other. Oh, well, I don't think Pat did one, so I think I think this it's probably Robert. Robert. Woo! Out of a total possible 389 points that Robert could have gotten, he is at 76. You are sitting nicely at 69. Ah, uh, yes! And I, I am... Lo- I'm in a... Lose all my matchups. I'm in now. a three-way tie at 66 points. Uh, I'm in a three-way tie at 66 points because I picked the Ducks over the Knights, and that was a poor choice on my part, apparently. Um, I picked I picked the, the Kings over Vegas. I knew I blew that one. Um, and honestly, like, all right, the ducks over. I picked the I picked Vegas. Uh, I hit, but I I said it was going to be in six games, and I did not expect them to sweep. But I also no. picked the ducks over uh, the sharks. So I want to talk about that for a little bit, okay. just for a sec. Hindsight, I didn't actually believe the Kings were that good. I'm not. I'm like, I'm not just going to throw that one out there. Like, I had them losing in the next round, even if they won this round. Okay. I don't actually believe the Kings were particularly good this year. And to be fair, I still don't believe Vegas is also particularly good this year. And the games they won were almost all one-goal games. So they swept the Kings. 
but almost every single one of them was a one goal game. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Vegas blew the Kings out of the water. Right. And I think that they are going to have a much harder time with the, the San Jose Sharks than they think they are. Right. Anyway, Vegas is not good. No. I'm just going to throw that one out there. No, of course not. Of course not. But just to keep my bracket alive, I am rooting for Boston tonight, which feels weird. Same. Uh, but also fuck Toronto. Right, that's what I said. That's what I say every time. Uh, but I did accurately predict everything in the East so far, other than... I mean, I said five games for the Boston-Toronto series, and obviously it's gone to seven. But um, I, was, I picked Boston over over the Yeah, East. my games are all fucked up, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I did not I did not choose any number of games correctly so far. Yeah, no, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> I hate doing that, too. It's an, Oh, wait, no, I did! I picked the Tampa Bay and the Jersey Devils uh, number of games correctly. And the Caps um, Blue Jackets. Never mind. I had two of them right! Good job. Still my least favorite part of it. Uh, Hollywood's Naked Movie about the Dallas Stars. Um, Who was the guy that played the guy from Maleficent, the crow, that everybody was like, ooh, that looks like Jamie Benn. That's a great cast for Jamie Benn. Whatever that guy's name is. (laughs) I'm looking this up. He's like, you know, he's one of those that guys. Yeah, he's one of those that guys. I mean, he's been in other things. Oh my god, they're making a Maleficent 2. Okay, sure. Interesting. Uh, Who who would you, well, Jamie Benn will be there on opening night. Um, Sam Riley. Yeah, what else has he been in? Has he been in anything else? He's literally been in nothing. No, I'm just kidding. He's been in things. Um, He's been in literally nothing I've ever heard of. I picked the guy who played Cornelius Fudge. Oh, wait, no, he was in Fighting Prejudice and Zombies. I remember that. I didn't see that. Oh, well, you should. I picked Cornelius Fudge to play Ken Hitchcock. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Granted, that's a bit of a typecast, but he knows how to play a muggle or a a wizard that plays a muggle. Right. Sometimes. Right. Um, Who do we cast for Jim Nell? Who do we cast for Jim Nell? Who has a really good mustache? Or could throw a really... Oh, what's that? The State Farm guy. Oh. State Farm spokesman. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) I'll get this. Dennis Haysbert. First of all, that man grows a great mustache because you've seen it in a million different things. But also, he kind of looks like Jim Nill. (laughs) So, Dennis Haysbert is my my choice for Jim Nill. Who do we want as Sagan? Because I feel like... Yeah, that's the question. That's, that's a the real question. question. I mean, I feel like everybody else, whatever. You just get some people that sort of look like them. It's fine. Or don't even look like them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> For Antoine Russell, you just have to get an angry man. It speaks in a French accent. It'll be great. That's not hard to find in Hollywood, I don't think. Really isn't. Um, Who do you get for Tyler Sagan? <laughs> you know who we could get. I Why can't I remember who... anybody's name tonight? <laughs> we have Googled, like, everything on this podcast. Okay, okay. You have to go with me on this one. Harry Styles. Explain mine reasoning. <laughs> First of all... I'm not gonna lie. I was thinking, like, along the pop star lines, but I went very Justin Bieber in my head and then didn't say it because I was like, fuck No. No, I would I would kill a person if they cast Justin. But talk Bieber. to me, no, talk to me about the Harry Styles thing. Talk uh, to me. I mean, I I don't remember ever seeing Harry Styles with facial hair. So 
that could be where it all goes wrong. But we know that he's a good actor because he was freaking great in that one movie <laughs> that he was oh, in. Dunkirk. That's Dunkirk. right. He was in Dunkirk. He was I in Dunkirk. They had actually done things. And he was really, I don't know if you saw Dunkirk, but I saw I Dunkirk. And he actually had to act. It wasn't just like he's in a cameo because he's Harry Styles. He was good. I was really impressed. And I went into that movie not knowing he was in it at all. So when Harry Styles walked across that street, I was like, at first I was like, fuck, that's Harry Styles. And then for the rest of it, I was like, fuck, he's really good. So anyway, I know he can act. Don't know if he can do an American accent, but he could probably try pretty hard. And is there a point at which Tyler Sagan has not acted like a pop star who actually just plays hockey? He has got the lifestyle down. He's got the eccentric collection of dogs. He has got, like, <laughs> the tattoos. He has got the friends. At what point in any of these listings that I've just made does it not sound like somebody who is a pop star should be playing Tyler Sagan? I feel like it's that's opening. I mean, I like all of your reasoning. I don't know if Harry Styles is the pop star. Maybe we should. I feel like this should also be a Twitter poll. Maybe we should come up with some hawks, some some pop stars. That's fine. I'm not saying it has have... styles. I'm just saying I think it should be a no. Pop star. I'm totally, I'm totally down. But this is also leading credence to my Justin Bieber thing. Yeah. No. Who has yeah, had Justin Je- Bieber's gross? Like Tyler Sagan isn't. Yeah, but gross in a different way. I don't disagree, but also leading credence. I'm just looking at Justin Bieber's age. Harry Styles is 24, by the way. Bieber's not far from that. Bieber is also 24. Why does he... There you go. Why do I think he's older? I don't understand. Oh, I would have guessed younger for sure, but I mean... I was thinking older. Whatever. I'm just saying. We'll, we'll, we'll find two more people and we will post a poll tomorrow morning for people to vote in. Yes, we will. Uh, yeah. I'll have to think of some more people. Anyway. Moving on. Moving on. What's the next question? Shit. Let me open that thing again. Court is making us talk about the person we don't like to talk about. Um, feel like picking on Jamie Alexiak. That game in Philly yesterday was, who boy, it was something. And I believe that she is talking about the game during which Jamie Alexiak played 10 minutes and had three goals against. Holy shit. Um, so no, we're not actually talking about this because it is... In clear violation of podcast rules to talk about this. But However, did you hear me? <laughs> I did. And I went, oh boy. Um, that game, but, that final score, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, but they got perilously close to 14 or bust. Um, I know, I did see. Yeah. So he played 10 minutes and 10 seconds. He had two hits, three blocks. Uh, and was a negative three. <laughs> but you know what the funniest part was, Carolyn? To me, anyway. This was the funniest part to me. His defensive partner was only a minus two. His defensive partner was on ice for two goals, but on ice for one goal four. And I don't know how that happened, but I'm like... Of course that would happen to Jamie Alexiak. He would be the most negative in a game where his fucking team won. <laughs> By three. <laughs> By three. By. Um. 
Well, you know, that's why his friends call him Jamie. Anyway, I I do I will say I'm not going to talk about this. But the one thing I will talk about is I I found I was scrolling my Instagram and I got a notification and I was followed yesterday by a woman by somebody named Alexiak Martinez, which was a Jamie Alexiak fan account, and I was like, Jesus. "Do you even go here?" I don't think they do. My guess is no. It's like, how did you even find me? I think the universe is just trolling me at this point. Oh, whatever. Whatever. Okay, so clearly violated podcast rules. Ask the last question because this, the, we are we are so over time. <laughs> All right, Andrew the February asks. Five of the stars start a band. Who are the members and what are their ro- roles? Okay. God, I've, I've had a lot of wine. I've had about a half a bottle of wine. Jesus, I've only had water to drink. Jamie Ben plays the triangle? What I'm most interested in is who is the drummer. That's always the most fun part of the band. Alexander Radulov. Yeah. What, what, would he be maybe front man? I feel like he could be front man pretty no, easily. Sagan's a front man. That's also fair. He is a pop star. We have already determined this. We have this. already determined that Tyler Sagan is a pop star. He is, he is front and center. I think that Alexander Radulov is the glue that holds them together. Jamie Benn probably plays bass. Yeah, Jamie Benn definitely plays bass. when necessary. Slash minor percussion. Minor percussion, yes. Minor percussion. Uh, um, wait, Jason so Spezza. People. Jason, Jason Spezza plays lead guitar. Okay. Because that's the one that does all the fucking crazy solos. Yep. Who's their rhythm guitar? Uh, that was my question. Klingberg, Obs. Duh. Holds it all together. Yeah. Got a lot of assists there. Got a lot of assists there. Boom. Fucking the Dallas Stars. Start a band. Wait. What is their name? Fucking the Dallas Stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's technically they start a band. <laughs> they start a band. <laughs> it's one of those hipster joints. Okay, I like it. I'm, uh... It's like ironic and shit. <laughs> it's ironic and shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> no arguments. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well, that's all we have for today. Join us next time when we become a podcast about the M- Shreveport mud bugs. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna retweet that tweet that's like this is all unfollow me now, this is all I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> I guess this is now a Shreveport mud bug. <laughs> Pretty much. You didn't know what you were bringing on yourself, Tanner. I'm leaving defending Big D to start a mud bugs hockey. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, no, that's what that's what's happening. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Classlicity. You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. Oh, and if you have a longer question or comment, you can email us at Depart Hockey. Did you get that, that email? Did no, because I thought you were doing it. I didn't. Okay, hold, please. Oh, hey, this one would have been really good earlier in the podcast, except now it won't load. Um, Emma Grant asks, what do you think about the Texas Stars' chances in the playoffs? How awesome is Mike McKenna and predictions for the Calder Cup? Oh, shit. Um, uh, to be fair, I haven't followed the AHL enough to have a real opinion on how good or bad the Texas Stars are. Um, I really fucking hope they beat the rain, though, because fuck those guys. 
I think they have a good chance to beat the rain, given that they're already up 2-1 in the series, and it's a best of five, so they just need to win one more. Um, that said, they've already lost one, so who knows? But uh, fuck the rain, so I think that they I think that they can pull out of the first round. It's the second round that I don't know, because I don't even know who they might be up against. Um, I'm going to go with the Marlies and future... Mike McKenna is awesome. Yes, this is agreed. Mike totally agree. Cast. Mike McKenna and Shreveport Mudbugs fan cast. Not that we're hoping that Mike McKenna goes to play for the Shreveport Mudbugs because that would be no, that would be, but that would be several steps down. But um, yeah, no, this is definitely a Mike McKenna fan cast. We love him. Okay, woo! If you like Emma, have a longer question, comment, or something that you want to send us. Like, you can email us at deephardhockey at gmail.com. You can also find our official... Oh, shit. Uh, Okay, sorry. You can find... Okay. The Steelheads, after one period, are up 3-2 over the Allen Americans. It's been... Shit. Period. Anyway, sorry. Um, My... uh, Ooh, you can find our blog at deephardhockey.wordpress.com. That's what I was trying to say. Bye. (laughs) Bye.